Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. And in case you missed it, we dropped a brand new stretching collection that can be used to improve mobility and bookend your favourite sweat sessions. Mamma Mia subscribers get unlimited access to Move and we drop new workouts every single week. If you're on the hunt for movement that makes you feel good, head to move.mamamia.com.au and use the code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of land and waters that this podcast is recorded on. From Mamma Mia, hi, I'm Claire Murphy. Welcome to The Quickie, getting you up to speed daily. June 30 is fast approaching, and while for many of us it means the chance to grab a bargain at the end of financial year sales, for all of us who have a job and pay taxes, it's also time to gather the receipts and either tackle MyGov on our own or hit up our accountants to file our tax returns. But with any transaction that includes money changing hands, there's also the potential for scammers to try and trick you into giving your money to them. Today, we look into the latest tax scams and how the perpetrators getting smarter makes it harder for us to tell the fake from the real deal. But first, news headlines for Tuesday, June 13. Police have begun the awful task of removing and identifying the bodies of wedding guests trapped under a bus in the New South Wales Hunter Valley. The driver of the bus, which rolled, killing 10 and injuring 25 others as they returned to Singleton after a wedding on Sunday night, will face court charged with 10 counts of dangerous driving occasioning death and one of negligent driving occasioning death. Survivors reportedly telling police that the 58-year-old had been driving fast enough to make passengers nervous before allegedly telling them, you think that was fast, as the bus rounded a bend and into a roundabout, tipping onto its side and sliding into a gutter and safe. Barrier. The victims, whose families have been notified, have been identified, with the majority of them from the Hunter Valley town of Singleton. The driver of a car that ran over a young WA police officer will have his charges upgraded to murder. 28-year-old Constable Anthony Woods succumbed to his injuries Sunday night after being placed into an induced coma following the accident on Thursday. The 23-year-old driver of the car faced Perth Magistrates Court on Friday, charged with multiple offences, including committing an act intended to prevent arrest, which caused grievous bodily harm. Constable Woods, who just completed his probation period with the force, had been following the car, which allegedly had stolen number plates, attempting to arrest the three occupants after it came to a stop. But Woods was struck by the vehicle and dragged, his fellow officers having to lift it to free him. Finance Minister Katie Gallagher is set to face heated questioning when Parliament resumes today over whether she used rape allegations made by Brittany Higgins for political gain. Senator Gallagher denies she misled Parliament in 2021 about her knowledge of the allegations made by Ms Higgins before they were made public, saying she did not seek to weaponise them after claims she was advised of the incident weeks before. Treasurer Jim Chalmers says the allegations against the Senator are absurd and that the idea that these allegations about something that happened in a Liberal minister's office in a Liberal government is somehow the fault of the then Labor opposition is equally laughable. The questions were raised after text messages between Miss Higgins and her partner David Shiraz emerged last week, suggesting the pair contemplated strategising her story with the Senator when she was in opposition. 
Russian President Vladimir Putin has called on the patriotism of his countrymen and women on the country's national day, but has made no mention of the latest developments in the war in Ukraine. A recently launched counteroffensive has seen Ukraine retake several villages in the eastern Donetsk region as the Kremlin released a video on the day that Russia celebrates declaring sovereignty from the Soviet Union, showing clips of soldiers declaring their love for their country, saying they thank the Lord they're Russian and that it is like a fortress that stands and will stand. Former Russian President Dmitry Medvedev posted a mock-up picture on social media of the Russian flag flying over the Ukrainian capital of Kiev with a message saying Ukraine's central square will one day be renamed Russia Square. Former media mogul and Italian Prime Minister Silvio Berlusconi has passed away aged 86. The Milan-born politician's career was fraught with scandal, convicted of tax fraud and banned from holding office for two years, accused of paying a 17-year-old girl for sexual services, a charge he was eventually found not guilty of. He was also convicted of bribing a senator and paying off judges. Berlusconi had been suffering from ill health in recent years, having heart issues and prostate cancer, but before being diagnosed with leukaemia. He'd developed a lung infection in the weeks before he passed. That's your latest news headlines in a moment. Today's Deep Dive. By now, most Australians are becoming pretty aware that scammers are hitting us wherever they can. On the phone, by texting or calling, tricking us into handing over our login details for our online accounts by sending us links to fake sites selling us things through social media that never existed. The range of scams in 2023 just keeps getting broader, with many Aussies now not even bothering to answer their phone or respond to any messages from unknown or business accounts as the likelihood it's someone attempting to steal something is just too high. But in June, a special style of con artist comes into play, the end of financial year tax scammer. Attention. This call is from the Legal Department of Services Australia. Your tax identification number has been suspended and we have filed a case under your name, so before this matter goes to Federal Claim Courthouse for you to get arrested, kindly press 1. I repeat press 1, to know about your legal case. With the ever-evolving skills of these scammers, it's time to check in and see what we're facing for tax time 2022-23. Paul Haskell-Dowland is a Professor of Cybersecurity Practice and Associate Dean for Computing and Security in the School of Science at Edith Cowan University. Paul, just how successful have tax scammers been in the past few years? The tax scams themselves are sometimes difficult to measure because whilst the scam might start off as a tax-based scam, in other words, you receive a text message or an email purporting to be the tax office, they often then lead into other categories of scams. It then turns into a more traditional financial scam or an investment scam which then gets categorised under those sort of higher level, more generalised categories when we see the reports from the ACCC. Those scams get measured in the order of hundreds of millions of dollars of losses to Australia every single year and have been increasing year on year. We are becoming more and more aware of what scams look like and how they try to target us. Why are we still falling for them? So we might like to think that we're getting better at detecting the scams. But at the same time, the criminal gangs that sit behind these campaigns are also getting better. We should also bear in mind that new technology plays a part in this. 
So we've heard a lot in the news of late about large language models or generative AI and tools like ChatGPT. They can be used for good, but they can also be used by cyber criminals. And so what we're beginning to see is the use of generative AI systems to create more convincing messages that appear in our inboxes and on our phones and are looking more authentic than they ever have done before. We may be reasonably good at picking out on a badly designed, badly written message, but we still fall prey to demands or threats. And I'm thinking particularly here of overdue taxes. So if we get a notification that there is a amount of money that is overdue, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a large amount, these campaigns can be very effective even when they're extorting small amounts of money. But it's when they are using language that indicates that an overpayment or an underpayment is due and we have to make a payment. And of course, the other technique that will be used is we have a refund. And so looking at it from a positive perspective to encourage people to engage with the scammers because there's a benefit to us. They're basically doing this for a living and making a lot of money out of it. And so they're investing a lot in being more convincing, more genuine looking. And when you do get through to talk to them, the scripts they're using are very well crafted and engineered. They know the kind of responses they're going to get and the lack of trust they may receive. And they're very prepared to try and convince us that they are indeed genuine. You've already mentioned a couple of the particular types of scams we see this time of year in they might text you or they might call you and tell you that you have a refund or threaten you with action if you owe money. Are these the main scams that we see happen this time of year, the end of financial year? It's certainly the most common type. So if you think about the kind of engagement you would have with the ATO at tax time, it's likely to be that you're due to do your tax return. It may well be, particularly after the 30th deadline, that you haven't submitted. They may well be targeting the fact that they think that you are owing tax or perhaps that there's an adjustment from a previous year. The specific nature of the scam may vary from campaign to campaign. They typically orient around those kind of emotive messages, something positive, you've got a refund or something negative, you owe us money because they're likely to trigger that emotive response. And if we think it's urgent, it's more likely that we'll react without thinking as strongly. And whilst this may sound like psychology and that we're sort of analyzing people in this regard, this is exactly how those cyber criminals will be working. They will be thinking about how best to get a reaction from us to gain maximum impact from their campaign. Now, a lot of these scams will have us click a link to go through to the tax officer's website or through to the MyGov website, which are then fake versions of that. Just how convincing are these pages? And is there any way that we can look at it and immediately know that they are fake? So when you look at the messages that you receive, and they may well be coming through via an SMS, the link that you are presented with is often a shorthand version. So it uses what we call a redirection service. And so you may not know by looking at the link that it is or isn't genuine. The first thing is that in most cases, the tax office isn't going to communicate with you in these ways anyway. But the most important message is to simply go directly to the website or service in much the same way that if you receive a message purporting to be from your bank, you never click on the links or phone the numbers that are provided. You should go directly to the bank website. 
when we talk about the convincingness of these particular web pages, it's probably worth noting that I can go to any website in the world and make a complete digital copy of that website. So when we talk about making a convincing looking website, it is so easy to simply copy the legitimate website. It is just so easy to replicate the website that you rarely see a unconvincing looking page. The only way to tell is by looking at the URL very, very closely. And even that can be somewhat convincing. You have to read the entirety of the URL and they can be very long. It is far safer to simply go directly to the ATO website itself. We're hearing too now this year in particular, more and more tax scams are coming to us via social media. How is that working? Because it does not seem like a formal method of communication that the Australian Tax Office would take to get in contact with us, considering how much of our personal data they already have. What is coming at us via social media? So there's a couple of approaches that are being used by social media. And obviously, one of those is in terms of direct messaging that, again, purports to be from the ATO. So it's very simple to set up a a rogue or spoofed account on various social media platforms. And then you could be sending out random messages to people. Again, it sort of relies on that emotive response. If you are somebody who perhaps isn't particularly tech savvy and you receive a message and it sort of looks like it could be from a legitimate entity and it's maybe indicating that they've had difficulty contacting you via other mediums, you could imagine a story being weaved that may look relatively convincing. The other approach that can be taken is public posts that talk about a new refund mechanism or a new scheme to save a little bit of taxation and building an article online that is shared quite widely. And we see a lot of misinformation or disinformation being shared via social media that could be convincing people that there's a new technique to gain some additional benefit in your tax return, assuring people of how genuine it is. And here is a page on the ATO webpage, obviously a spoof version that talks about this additional deduction that you can make on your tax records. And that presents a link perhaps to log into your ATO account, which in itself is also spoofed. If we have been scammed by a tax scammer, what's the likelihood we'll ever see that money again? The likelihood does vary tremendously. So financial transactions are very difficult to trace once they've gone out of Australia. And so what we find is that most of the scams actually start with an Australian bank account. So the money will move between accounts within Australia before making it overseas. The sooner we get that reported, the greater the chance of being able to put a block on those particular transactions. And the banks are getting better at doing this. There is, in fact, a new initiative specifically looking at how we can stop multiple transactions and high-value fraudulent transactions from exiting Australia. We know fundamentally that once they've left the country, it becomes almost impossible to retrieve the money. If you're concerned you might have been caught up in a tax scam, or if someone has contacted you saying you have to pay, have a refund, or something that just doesn't sit right, the ATO has a full list of current scams on their website ato.gov.au for you to reference. Paul says it's also really important to let authorities know when it has happened to you, even if you feel a bit sheepish for having been suckered into their web of lies, so they can collect that data and educate others not to get hooked into. It is absolutely critical that we get notification of these kinds of issues. 
last year there were almost 240,000 reports of scams to the Scamwatch website. And you can do that entirely digitally through their website. There's no stigma attached to that reporting. And of course, if you do report it, there is that possibility that there may be something that those agencies can do to help. They may be able to direct you to lodging a police report, depending on the nature of that scam. By reporting it, there's a greater chance of stopping other people from being conned or from being scammed out of their monies. It is affecting absolutely everybody. So there's often a perception that scams are only really impacting the older generations. And whilst there is some truth to the fact that the older population will typically see a higher financial consequence to the scams, when we look at the actual numbers of scam reports, it is fairly evenly distributed. It affects absolutely every age range, including the under 18s. We do see children being targeted in some of these scams. But every age bracket from the 18 to 24s through to the 55 to 64s and above, every bracket is a potential victim. It isn't gender specific. It isn't really age specific. It isn't state specific. It covers the whole of Australia. So there is no shame in being targeted. If this was easy to defend against, we would have stopped it years ago. So it's a constant battle. The more people report, the more likelihood there is of us blocking the phone numbers, the email addresses that are being used, the social media accounts, the websites, and potentially the bank accounts that are being used to direct this money out of Australia and into the hands of global cyber criminals. The Quickie is produced by myself, Claire Murphy, and our executive producer, Callie Borg, with audio production by Tegan Sadler. <laughs> 